0: Welcome to Woody Online. Thank you for tuning in to one of our pre-recorded services. Our community is based in Cardiff and we meet every Sunday at 10.30am. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you there. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that it inspires and blesses you. Hello and welcome to Woody Online. My name's Stuart and I'm one of the leaders here at Woody. And this week we're continuing our series through Peter's second letter. So let's get straight into it. We're going to be reading 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 12 to 15. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. Let's briefly pray before we unpack those words. Father, we thank you for your word and we just pray that as we study them briefly now that you would bring them to life for us, that you would breathe your life and your spirit into those words written so long ago that they would be relevant to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. The NIV Bible translators have been very kind to sermon writers in these three verses, with the three key words already starting with the same letter. Peter uses these three words to remind, refresh and remember. He says he's going to remind you, the reader, of these things, to refresh your memory that you will always be able to remember these things. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to get the point that Peter is making here. He doesn't want them to forget. What is interesting is that right at the outset of this passage, he's aware that his readers know this stuff and are firmly established in the truth. So he's not teaching or telling them anything new. So why this focus on remembering? There are two main reasons that we remind people of stuff. Firstly, if they've forgotten it. And secondly, if it's really important and we don't want them to forget it. Peter is getting at the second one here. He's stressing a point. And back in verse 9, he warns of forgetting just before this. So he's making sure that they, the readers at the time, and us do not do this. So what are these things that he's wanting to remind his readers of? Well, we've been looking at some of them over the last few weeks. He's talked about the importance of Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. He made it clear how important it is for us to develop our knowledge of him, but also to know him. He's taught that God has given us the resources for a godly life. He's taught about the promises that we have in Jesus. He's told us what we should do with the resources that have been given, and that that is how we will be effective in the Christian life. And he's now making sure that the readers... Don't forget them or move on from them, but recognise how important they are. Peter spells out that as long as he is alive, and we know that this was close to the end of Peter's life, he will remind them to keep it fresh in their minds. But he's also aware of his impending death. He talks about this tent, the, the phrase he uses for his body, that he will put aside. He needs to make sure that after he has departed, they will continue to remember. Peter says he will make every effort to make sure they remember, which repeats the phrase he used earlier in verse 5 of this chapter, that his readers should make every effort. It's like he's saying, you need to do this and make every effort to do it, to live a godly life, and then I'm going to do this, I'm going to make every effort to do my bit whilst I'm around. Peter is no doubt aware that people are prone to forgetting. It's one of the recurring themes in the Old Testament, which Peter would have been really familiar with. As an example, the other day I was reading in Judges, and I want to read you a few verses from Judges chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 7 and then verses 10 to 19 it says the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers so that's they died another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals, that's the gods of the lands that they were living in. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. In his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders who plundered them. He sold them to their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned away from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them, and as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers. Following other gods and serving and worshipping them, they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. There's this repeating pattern in that passage that following God doesn't seem to persist after the lifetime of the respective leader. People forget. People drift away. People are distracted by some some different teaching that comes along. And Peter is aiming to counteract this. He couldn't be any clearer. Remind, refresh, remember. He does not want his readers to forget what they know because it's so important. He's also making plain, and we will look at this more in the coming weeks, that they need to know this to avoid the risks of being distracted and led astray by false teachers. This is what is interesting about the fact he's not teaching them anything new, but reminding them of the basic core tenets of faith making sure that if someone comes along and is suggesting a new gospel or a different message that they are equipped to know it is a counterfeit you'll hopefully recall from the series we did before christmas looking at the first letter of peter to these same churches his teaching about jesus as the cornerstone and i think there's something of that idea going on here I'm always amazed at how major construction projects actually get built when it all looks so complicated. In the times when Peter was writing this, when you built a building out of stone or or even a wall, you didn't measure the next stone from the stone you just laid, you always measured from the cornerstone, the first stone that was laid. That is how you ensured straight walls and square buildings and strong construction. Peter is alluding to the same here, that we ensure we continually look back to the single fixed point, which is Jesus, and we don't drift off. It reminded me of this game. It's called Scrawl and um, I don't know whether you've ever played it, but the basic idea is that you are given a blank card like this, and you are also given a clue card like this. You've got four clues that you can choose from. And your job is to choose one of these, so just for example, exploding cuckoo clock. I'm not gonna draw it, but you then draw it onto this white piece of card. You then take another blank card from the pack and you cover it over and clip it on top. And you then pass it to the person sitting to your left. Now they're allowed to look under and see your drawing and then on this top piece of card, they write in words what they think you've drawn. Then they put another blank card on the top. The next person is past the cards and they can only look at the one card beneath, see those words, Draw a picture to interpret that and pass it on. And so that goes on around the room. And everybody is doing this at the same time. So there's a whole series of sets of drawings and writings and drawings and writings. Um, and at the end, you then reveal what has happened. And unsurprisingly, what you then find out is that people are terrible at drawing. And people are terrible at interpreting what the person before them has drawn. A lot gets lost in translation. You've probably played a similar game, maybe around a a campfire or in a youth group or something when you were younger, where you sit in a line and someone at the end of the line uh, whispers into the next person's ear and that um, phrase gets passed along the line, whispered, whispered, until the person at the end shouts out what they believe uh, the first person said and rarely is it anything like it. I'm sure Peter never played scrawl or the whispering game, but he's probably familiar with many of the ideas behind it. So you can see how Peter would be worried about his readers being led astray and wanting to ensure they held to the true teaching, making sure they were going back to the cornerstone, to the source, to the basic tenets and foundations of the Christian faith and not being distracted by the next thing and not just on the brick before. So what is the message for us today? Well I think similar to Peter's first readers we need to make sure that our faith is built on a firm foundation, that the reference point is Jesus as the cornerstone. And we're not distracted by a new gospel, that we're not distracted away from what is set out for us in the Bible. We need to be wary of any new teaching that leads us away from that cornerstone or away from the gospel. And we then also need to point others back to the cornerstone. That is what the true gospel is. That is what is going to save them, is going to impact their lives, is going to lead to them living godly lives. Ensuring, as Peter did, that his readers remembered what was important, that we point to others, that they remember, that they are reminded, and that their memory is refreshed of who Jesus is and what he has done for them. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for Peter's words all those years ago, that we need to remember what is important, that we need to look to Jesus as the cornerstone, and we need to remember that you have placed the resources in our hands to live a godly life, that you've taught us that we need to make every effort to do that, And so, Father, as we just uh, study this today, would we be reminded of that afresh? Would we not be tempted to drift off to any other understanding, to to worship other gods, to misinterpret what you have taught? And would we point others to you, those in our fellowship, those who don't know you yet? that they would know you in Jesus name. Amen. So thank you for joining us this week on Woody Online. If you have never come to uh, Woodville Baptist Church, we'd love to see you if you're ever in Cardiff. Uh, If you want to get in touch uh, with with us about anything, the details will be on the screen or linked in the podcast details. Uh, So yeah, thank you very much. Have a great week. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to Woody Online. We hope this week's message has inspired and blessed you. If you're ever in Cardiff, we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services at 10.30am. Don't forget to check the show notes below for our contact details. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in again next week for more inspiring content. We look forward to connecting with you soon.